You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1322 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Saturday afternoon. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And Lots on Hawks, along with all of our other Atlanta podcasts, is now available on Roku and Amazon Fire TV as part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. More great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's absolutely free. Download the Locked On Sports app today when it comes to Roku and Amazon Fire TV, Locked On Sports Atlanta on those platforms. Today's podcast is myself, by myself, talking about the Hawks over in Abu Dhabi, wrapping up their run and their two-game jaunt, their nine- or ten-day trip to Abu Dhabi with another win against the Milwaukee Bucks. Not quite the same intensity level across the board as there was on Thursday with guys playing a little bit less, but still a lot to talk about. Injury updates with regard to you know Jonathan Murray, who missed the game today, as well as Trey Young's enormous first half. Just a crazy performance from him on the road, so to speak, over in Abu Dhabi today. And we'll talk about all of that stuff and more as we do this uh, rare Saturday afternoon recording edition. By the way, I should tell you, this, is, this podcast is available for you as your first listen each and every day. Check us out across platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. YouTube on the video side, and anywhere you get your podcasts. But we'll dive in now. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. What we'll be doing on this podcast in particular is talking about the games. We also do non-game day coverage across the board on the show, usually five episodes-ish per week during the season, and this is one of those. So we'll dive in now to the game itself. Damon Millen talked pregame on Saturday about everybody kind of being a little bit sore after the first game. Nothing that was worrisome, kind of, kind of, I would say, to be expected after playing the first preseason game. But he did say everyone was going to play a little bit less in this spot, 15 to 20 minutes for the key regulars. It definitely was the case after guys played up to 30, 32 minutes in the opener. As I mentioned before, Jonathan Murray did not play. McMillan said that he had some back spasms and he missed practice on Friday. He did say they tried to loosen him up a little bit, but decided against trying to play him in this spot. That is the right decision in my mind. It did not sound serious for what he was saying. They were trying to be careful for obvious reasons. Get, also gives the opportunity, in his words, to give some other guys playing time. So no concerns. Murray was on the bench. Uh, I have nothing really to be worried about there, but that's why uh, he was not in action on this Saturday. He did say, by the way, before the game started, that after watching a tape from Thursday, he thought things went pretty well with the offense, with Trey and DeJounte on the floor together, how the flow of the offense was pretty good. I agree with that from Thursday, taking care of the ball, doing a good job sort of attacking downhill from Trey and DeJounte. So some pretty good stuff there and their first and only appearance to this point together. Nate also said that, actually, sorry, he did not say this, but the Hawks later said that Justin Holiday was going to have the day off. He was not dressed and uh, no injury there for Justin Holiday, but he actually led the team in minutes on Thursday with 32. He's the oldest player on the team. Not a huge surprise at all. He would probably just take a day off on the road there. So they gave him the night off. And by the way, the Hawks are still without Bogdanovich and Jalen Johnson and Trent Forrest. If you missed any of this, Bogdanovich is still recovering from his knee procedure in the offseason. Johnson and Forrest are still in Atlanta. They were actually had uh, had illness stuff before they actually left town, and they elected not to bring those, those guys over. So hopefully we see Jalen Johnson and Trent Forrest when the Hawks return to action and practice and then their first game back on American soil on Wednesday in Cleveland. So – uh, by the way, also, the Bucks were without Giannis 
in this game, uh, which takes a little bit of the luster off of things. Giannis is a lot of fun to watch. In fact, late in the game, the Abu Dhabi crowd was chanting for Giannis, who was not even dressed. He kind of uh, jokingly wandered over the scorer's table. He was going to check in the game. That was a little bit of fun. But uh, obviously, you know, Trey stole the show in a lot of ways. But for the most part, it was, uh, you know, it was no, no DeJounte, no Giannis, a little bit, uh, a little bit of sort of a pared down session in this one. But uh, by the way, bet online, our friends over there who give us the lines on this podcast had the Hawks as a small underdog at tip off in this game. I will always say preseason lines don't really matter that much, but a lot. There you go. Uh, and we'll dive in now. So Aaron Holiday got the start in place of John T. Murray. People were kind of asking me why that was. I was not surprised. In fact, that was who I would have told you I assumed was going to start in place of Murray. When you factor in that Bogdanovich is out, that is the top two shooting guards basically for the Hawks with Murray and Bogdanovich being out of the lineup. And the Hawks basically, I assume, by everything that I know about Nate and what they've done so far, they just trust Aaron Holiday a little bit more than guys like Tyrese Martin, AJ Griffin at this point in time. They're rookies. Aaron Holiday is a vet. Not the most sexy player in the world, but certainly a guy who's capable of playing real minutes. I don't love big picture, the Trey Young, Aaron Holly pairing. They are very slow. Uh, sorry, very small. Not very slow. Very small. But uh, he's a solid vet. Again, he, and Aaron Holiday can play some, play some at the two. He can defend a little bit up. Um, not, doesn't have to have the, the ball in his hands to be successful. And he's pretty much just reliable. The other options, if they were to not do that, if they were to be without Murray or Bogey or both, would be you know your Martins, your Griffins, your Jarrett Culvers, that kind of crew, Vic Krejci, perhaps. But uh, I think Holiday is easily the most um, sort of stable of those options. So that was why they went with him, I would imagine, in this game. And by the way, I'll talk about this again later on. But there was no post game maybe availability in this game uh the hawks i guess are going to go straight to the airport and probably they're already in the air as i'm recording this or at least some, some something close to that so that's why we don't have a lot of insight from after the game they even said on the broadcast which by the way has been happening from new jersey there are no broadcasters uh, over there in abu dhabi either so we're all kind of flying blind but they even acknowledged it on the broadcast the hawks were not going to do any availability after the game so that's why i'm recording a little bit earlier than i normally would because there isn't uh, there was no way to talk to us at the end of the game even via zoom so there you go on that um a lot, by the way, a lot easier to kind of defend the Bucks without Giannis. That's a very obvious statement. But even just role-wise, they had to have Capella guard him a little bit on Thursday. They had, they were able to put him back in this, his normal role defensively. They didn't have, have to have Hunter try to guard Giannis. He was more guarding the wings in this game. They uh, did have to have Capella kind of chase Brook Lopez around on the perimeter. But they had Trey and Grayson Allen, and Drew Holiday was guarded by his brother, Aaron Holiday, in this game. Uh, I should always say this out loud. Uh, Thursday's game was the – all three Holiday brothers on the floor. Obviously, Justin missed this game, but a lot of uh, Holiday action in this uh, weekend set between the Hawks and the Bucks. Um, Trey Young was the story of the first half, as I mentioned before. Uh, he was the story of the game overall, even though he did not play after halftime. He had five points uh, immediately to start the game off, had eight points in the first four minutes or so, a couple of threes and a floater. We'll come back to his barrage later on, but he was remarkably good in this game. He had a, he had a very pretty drive and drop-off pass to Capella early on as well. Um, DeAndre Hunter had a good game as well. We'll come back to him too, but he had a three in the first couple of minutes, a key shot for him this, this year, kind of just being decisive. That's something I liked a lot from Hunter in both games was him just kind of being a little bit quicker with his decision-making more decisive, a little bit more, just like not stopping the ball, being just more uh, quick to make those moves and being uh, really, really sort of thorough in doing so. That's really good to see from him. They had some trouble on the glass defensively early in the game. That was an area that Nate talked about on Thursday as well. Playing young and holiday together. is not going to make you any better on the glass for sure. And Hunter, if you want to sort of ding him for one thing in this game, he, I think he only had one rebound. That's probably something he's going to have to get him better at in the near future. But other than that, um, rotationally, just to check in here on who actually was playing minutes for the Hawks in the first half, which is the more competitive half in this game, it was Tyrese Martin as the first sub off the bench for Aaron Holiday. He seemed to be ahead of Jarrett Culver and A.J. Griffin by usage in the first two games. You know, remember this. Martin was the only sort of depth guy that played at all on Thursday, and he came in first 
in this game. Uh, he had a nice drive, by the way, and finished near the end of the quarter. I'm not going to say that means a ton, but I think at least as of this morning, I would probably argue based on usage that Martin might be slightly ahead of his counterparts when it comes to uh, Griffin and Culver right now on the pecking order. Uh, then it was Kaminsky, who's the next guy in. He played briefly with Capella. That, I just can't stand that lineup. That it makes no sense at all. But they did go, and by the way, he got, he got immediately cooked off the dribble by Pat Connaughton. Uh, Kaminsky did in space. Any thought, I think, for me of Kaminsky playing minutes at the four uh, probably should go away after these first couple games. He's, he's looked a little bit slow, let's just say, at this point in time. They, go, they went to Akangu more quickly. That pairing at least makes more sense because of the speed aspect with uh, Akangu playing a little bit more at the four defensively, but I'll let you go on that. We saw some AJ Griffin in this game. Uh, even in the first quarter, he made, a, he, made a, he made a three very fast in this game, which is good. He played quite well, I thought. Um, the Hawks did kind of have their one downturn offensively in the middle of the first quarter after a lightning fast start. They didn't score for about three and a half minutes. And that kind of happened right when the bench guys started coming in the game. So not a huge surprise necessarily. But Trey had been working on his left hand, it seems like, in the offseason. He made a couple of left-handed floaters in this game. Also, also threw at least one left-handed lob pass. So he was already terrifying on offense. And I think Trey is going to be even better on offense this, this year with the left hand, uh, as I guess, at least as uh, comfortable as he looked in the first couple of games with his left. Um, there were some perimeter defensive issues, for sure, especially when Aaron Holiday went to the bench. Um, they kind of used Drew, Drew Holiday to kind of pick on Trey a little bit, and the rookies had some rookie mistakes in the first half when it comes to Griffin and Martin defensively. There were some moments as well for both guys, but I think, generally speaking, there's a reason why rookies are a little bit shaky defensively, and it's kind of positioning stuff and just kind of mental stuff at this point in time that you kind of see the drop-off there from someone like Aaron Holiday, who's a vet who executes almost all the time, to guys who are rookies in Martin and Griffin defensively. The Hawks were down by one at the end of the first quarter. It didn't stay happening. They obviously won this game pretty comfortably. Um, but Milwaukee attempted 11 threes in the first quarter. They got five offensive rebounds in the first quarter. The Hawks did shoot well from three before the end of the first quarter at four from nine from three-point range, but had no free throw attempts and no offensive rebounds in that first half. Um, Trey had 12 points, but he was the only guy that scored more than three points in that first quarter. Obviously, the Hawks did kind of dominate the middle of this game just as a look forward quickly. The Hawks outscored the Bucks 72-50. to 50 in the two middle quarters of the game, which were uh, kind of indicative of the overall performance in this game. But we'll stop there for a second to, to, uh, to kind of reset things and get a word from our sponsors. But obviously the Hawks were better after the first quarter. We'll have more on that in a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Football is here in a big way. Even as I record this right now on this Saturday, there's lots of football going on, and Bet Online is the number one source for all the football action you're looking for this season. That includes pro and college football and the needs and info that you're looking for. Find all the latest developments, the game matchups, the news, and the podcasts at Bet Online, including all the content that you need for the weekend slate across the board. Bet Online is a continued source for all the wager information you're looking for as well. That includes live betting, esports, and live scores. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to consume every sport. If you have interested at this point, and on this show, we talk about the NBA exclusively for the most part, but there are plenty of features out there on the NBA as well. That includes season win totals and conference odds and division odds and title odds, individual award odds, and more and beyond the basketball world. Ben Online has odds and lines on college sports and baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, tennis, auto racing, horse racing, soccer, entertainment bets, and much more. Head to Ben Online right now on your mobile device or your computer to learn more about all the trends and the action in the sports world. Ben Online, where the game starts. All right, and uh, Trey played the whole first quarter again, which was not a huge surprise after the other day, but uh, he played a little bit less overall. I think the plan was probably by the look of it to play him only in the first half, which made uh, that make a little bit more sense. They brought in Aaron Holiday back to kind of play point guard when Trey finally sat. There were some Tyson Etienne minutes later on, but it was mostly just Trey and Aaron Holiday at the point for the first three quarters or so. 
Uh, AJ Griffin had another three. He drew a foul on a three in the first few minutes of the second quarter. His shooting is not a question really at all, but he is firing away. Even uh, it looked like his mechanics have been a little bit cleaned up as well. That's always been um, at least a small concern. You know, obviously, the ball went in a lot at Duke, but his his stroke has never been in question. It's been his legs, and he, he looks to be pretty compact at this point in time. And his shooting is uh, certainly impressive, as we kind of already knew if you watched him in college. They went to Jarrett Culver as the fourth wing to get some minutes in the middle of the second quarter. They tried a Culver-Hunter wing duo that would be kind of tough on offense. And obviously those guys were uh, competing with each other in the national championship game and in the draft process, kind of funny to watch those guys play together a little bit. And they had Capella out there as well. That trio I wouldn't use probably normally because Culver as an offensive player is kind of a struggling one right now. Uh, It doesn't really matter from an impact standpoint at all, but there was a bizarre challenge in the second quarter of this game. Uh, Brooke Lopez pretty clearly fouled Collins after he went to the floor. And I thought it actually might be a flagrant foul review, but it was actually a challenge by the Bucks that they ended up winning because the block itself was clean at the top, but it was a, a weird sequence, let's just say. And Collins looked totally baffled by the overturn. And then like moments later, Colbert got called for a flagrant foul for not letting Pat Connaughton land on a three. That was the right call, by the way. I'm not complaining about it, but it was a weird couple of minutes and kind of a slog. In fact, this game was kind of fast-paced and fun for like three quarters, maybe three and a half quarters, but the middle of the second quarter was really tough to watch. I don't know, for whatever reason, that just kind of ground to a halt in some way. Then Trey Young put the entertainment value on his back. He hit four deep threes within two minutes of each other late in the third quarter. Sorry, late in the second quarter. And uh, that was just remarkable, actually. Um, Obviously, just the buzz of that in itself is huge. You know, the crowd was really into it for clear reasons. Just a ridiculous shot-making display from Trey. Also had a nutmeg of Bobby Portis in the middle of that as well. And uh, in the first half, and by the way, for the full game as well, 31 points in 20 minutes for Trey. He was 11 of 15 from the floor and seven of nine from three. Yes, he had seven threes in 20 minutes in the half and had six assists as well. And just for a reference of how wild that is, I know it's preseason. I don't want to be certainly don't want to go crazy about this, but it is Trey Young who's an established player. Trey was the only guy in the league last year to have even a single half of 30 points and five assists. And he was the only one that did it, and he did it once. So for him to do that now in a 20-minute preseason stint is uh, I know that I know the defense is not quite the same in the preseason, but still he went uh, pretty crazy in that stretch, was bombing away again, four threes in two minutes making the Bucs uh, scramble, let's just say. So he was a lot of fun to watch in that sequence. Also, there was a really nice drive and finish from DeAndre Hunter in the final minute of the first half that was encouraging to see through the traffic of the Bucks' defense. And at the break, the Hawks were up by eight points. They played a 10-man rotation. It was the starters, which included Aaron Holiday in this game, plus Martin and Griffin and Culver, Kaminsky and Okongwu in the first half. That was probably the group they would probably use if they had to kind of play a game without Murray, without Bogey, without Justin Holiday. I'm sure they wouldn't do that right now. I think Holiday, obviously, with no injury, would have played today. But if they had only the guys available, that was kind of the group that I think they would have used for the most part in this spot. Offensively, it was really exciting. Obviously, the first half was marked by Trey, but they had a 134 offensive rating. They had 11 threes in the first half. That's all obviously quite good. Had four turnovers before halftime. That's really good as well. Hunter had 10 points to go along with Trey's performance. Defensively, it wasn't quite as good. They did nine turnovers for the half. They, got, they lost the glass pretty badly, and the Bucs had a 117 offensive rating. So for the most part, in the competitive portion of these two games, the defense has been a little bit problematic. Not terrible, but I think they have not been locked in defensively to this point. But the offense has been really, really firing on all cylinders. So that was kind of where the game kind of marked a difference at the halftime break because Trey and John Collins were both done at that point. Now, the Hawks didn't pull the plug entirely in the second half. They used Aaron Holiday. They used DeAndre Hunter. They used Clint Capella in the third quarter. But the Bucks also pulled Drew and Brooke Lopez. So it went from a game that had some star power in it from Trey to John Collins, et cetera, um, to a game that did not have Trey or Collins or Murray or Giannis or Drew. 
And Chris Middleton's still out for the Bucs as well. So kind of the six best players on these two teams did not play in the second half of this game. But alas, there you go. Um, the Hawks, they went up 17 points early in the second half and led very comfortably for the most part in this game. Um, the Bucs didn't score at all for almost four minutes in the third quarter, which kind of made things a little bit more lopsided on the scoreboard. There was some really nice moments, though, from DeAndre Hunter. I mentioned him in the first half as well as playing uh, at, a, at a high level. But he had a couple of jump shots in the third quarter with no hesitation at all, some decisive moves. He had 11 points in a row for the Hawks at one point in the third. It wasn't an 11-0 run, but he had 11 straight for the Hawks. And uh, really, really some good shot making there. And as I uh, I think Kevin Shard said this on Twitter as well, but our friend Graham Chapel in the Peachtree Hoops Slack channel was talking about this during the halftime break. Like, if they pull, if they pull Trey – watch out for more of DeAndre on the ball. And they definitely did that. You know, that's one of those things about not having Murray. And as I said before on the show a few times in the last couple of weeks, Aaron Holiday is not a creator on offense. So if they were to have to navigate a situation without Trey and without Murray and without Bogey, who's also a nice secondary creator, I think they would probably have to use Hunter a little bit more. And he did that in this game effectively. They got Hunter and Capella out of there by the middle of the third quarter. They went to Vic Krejci and Malik Ellison as the first deep subs to get in the game. Then Tyson Etienne played down the stretch a little bit. There was a fun play with like five minutes to go in the third quarter when uh, Krejci had a kick out three to Griffin after a behind-the-back pass. That was fun. Um, the Hawks led by as many as 22 points in the third quarter. Akonwe had 10 points in the third on his own. That was really good. They had six turnovers created in the third quarter. Lots of positivity and a 135 offensive rating through three quarters for the Hawks in this game. Um, the fourth quarter was not spectacular. Normally I'll have a lot to say about fourth quarters and back and forth and kind of how the game flow went, but it was uh, not competitive for the most part. And the guys playing not the highest level competition necessarily. They played a Kongwu for a couple minutes to start the fourth quarter, but even then I was ready for him to come out of the game to not be playing with the guys who were camp invites at that point in time. And it was the rookies and the fringe guys down the stretch for the Hawks. Everyone that was available to play for the Hawks, played by the middle of the fourth quarter. They had, they had 100 points with like 10 minutes to go in the fourth. They scored 72, as I said before, in the middle two quarters combined. Um, really, it was all eyes on A.J. Griffin and Tyrese Martin in the fourth quarter because they actually played quite a bit. Um, Griffin and Martin both played, uh, had some nice flashes, I think. Griffin had a nice steal in the fourth quarter in addition to his shooting. Vic Krejci had a banked-in three in the final minute, which is kind of funny. He kind of did the uh, shoulder shrug that you might expect. But for the most part, it was kind of a cruise control finish to to the end of this game, and the Hawks ended up winning, winning by nine points. As I said before, there was no post-game media availability, I should say. And I was told they were going straight to the airport. So no concerns there, but nothing really to add from Nate McMillan or any of the players after the game as well. Um, offensively, the Hawks had a 119 offensive rating in this game. It was better than that until the garbage time kind of set in there. Keep that in mind throughout this. But they shot 48% from three. That's good to see on a relatively small sample size, but still they made a bunch of shots. 50% from the floor in this game. 12 turnovers, which is a solid number. But they probably only had seven or eight until the garbage time actually started. The glass was certainly in uh, Milwaukee's favor in this game. But other than that, the uh, a very, very positive offensive showing overall from the two games for Atlanta. If you want to hear the full breakdown of Thursday's game, that's still on this podcast feed right now as well. But generally speaking, the two, the two these two games offensively were very, very good by the Hawks. Um, on defense, made a 109, a 109 defensive rating. That's pretty solid. The one caveat being, in addition to the glass being a problem, was that they fouled too much. 35 free throw attempts from the Bucks in this game, but everything else was pretty good. They contested shots at a high level. They created 22 turnovers. Now part of that is the preseason and the Bucks kicking the ball around a little bit, but the Hawks at least have shown some signs of being more aggressive defensively. That's one of the knocks on the Hawks in previous years, even two years ago when they were better defensively is that they don't really force turnovers, but now with a little bit more of a personnel that's geared to that, especially when Murray comes back, that would be a, a pretty good thing to circle to maybe not be like dead last in the league and turnover creation. So generally speaking, a positive day at the office for the Hawks. They played well, and uh, it was kind of a wired, not, not, not 
I probably shouldn't use the word wire to wire, but close to it. They led for the vast majority of this game on the way to a win. And uh, I'm sure everybody's uh, probably more happy about that as they head back, um, I guess, right now on the plane back to America. Okay, we'll have more on the players and some takeaways from this game in general. But first, a word from our sponsors. All right, we'll dive into the player evaluations in this one. Uh, quickly, there were a bunch of guys that played uh, decent minutes, actually, kind of all garbage time, but Malik Ellison got in for 10 minutes. Armani Brooks played 10 minutes. Jared Culver played seven minutes. Tyson Etienne played 13 minutes. Vic Krejci played 10 minutes. Those guys, and Chris Silva played 10 minutes. All those guys kind of played in the fourth quarter and not really hugely monumental performances. I thought Brooks showed a couple signs on offense with some juice. Uh, Culver was pretty quiet, had two turnovers on offense. That's not what you want to see from him. Etienne was one of five from the floor. Not a whole lot of explosiveness there. I know there, there are a lot of Hawks fans that wanted him to make the team. I said this during the game. I will be pretty surprised slash shocked if any one of the non-camp invites makes the team. And those guys, just to re- remind everybody, those four guys that are not on contracts right now are Chris Silva, uh, Malik Ellison, Armani Brooks, and Tyson Etienne. Now they're all on Exhibit 10, so they might be all in College Park this year. But I know there was some buzz about Etienne being like the third point guard kind of thing. I don't really see that happening after the way they've used these guys throughout. And I think the Hawks want to keep that 15 spot open. So if I had to guess, um, you'll see um, basically, you know, you, you still have Culver and um, and Trent Forrest on two ways, plus Vic Krejci on a non-guaranteed contract. Those guys are more the end, end of bench players than the guys who are just camp invites. So anyway, I thought Krejci looked pretty good in his limited minutes. He had three assists, including that one nice behind-the-back pass, uh, two rebounds, hit that banked in three late in the game. The shooting is a question. The defense is a question for sure, but the talent level is pretty high there for Vic Krejci. He's still a very young guy on a team-friendly contract, so he'll be around, if I had to guess, at this stage. Um, of the guys who played a little bit more in terms of the competitive portion, Frank Kaminsky played 12 minutes, did not score, oh, one from the floor, two rebounds and an assist. I don't want to pile on. I think he's looked pretty shaky in these first two games and also the open practice um, reporting, you know, being out there. Like, he's not necessarily back to his peak form um, physically after missing all of last season or most of last season. He looks a step slow to me. Um, there was a lot of thinking out there for people. I've got mailbag questions about this, about him like, playing rotation minutes. I've kind of long thought he would really only be a factor if they had an injury to a Kongwu or to Capella. And I even more believe that now than I did before. I don't want to overreact to a small sample size, but I think when, when you see Jalen Johnson back with the team, he'll be the backup. He'll be the backup four. They'll also use Hunter at the backup four. They could use Collins as a backup five. I don't think that Kaminsky has certainly done anything to sort of, uh, I don't know, endear himself to the coaching staff at this point in time. We'll see about practice. Obviously, we don't see that stuff behind the scenes, but I think he is going to be in the Gorgie Jang once Capella and Akama were both back role from last year, which is basically playing very little unless they have a uh, foul trouble situation or some injury stuff in the future. Um, everybody else kind of played more minutes in this game. Akongwu played 17 minutes, played very well. 12 points, four rebounds, three assists, and a steal for Akongwu. He finished around the rim very effectively, uh, got to the line for four free throw attempts. He looks great to me. That's not a surprise. I think he's going to look good this year. I think he's going to play well this year. He's healthy for the first time in his career in the early going, and uh, he looks really, really good to me. Um, Griffin played well, I think, for a rookie. You know, as I mentioned before, I think Martin has probably been ahead of him in the rotation to this point. But if you just watch this game, Griffin looked better than Martin did. Now, that's not a surprise either. Griffin is the first round pick, whereas Martin is second round pick. Uh, I thought Griffin was a steal in the draft. His talent level is very obviously higher than Martin's, but the shooting is just what it is. Like he, three, three, he had three threes in this game, four there from the floor, did have two rebounds and a steal as well. You know, defensively, I think it's probably safe to assume that Martin is better than Griffin right now, but Martin as a rookie, because all rookies are probably not going to be great defensively, won't be hugely better. And it, would, it shouldn't surprise anyone either way. For what I've been saying for a while, 
Uh, Nate McMillan, his backstory, I think it will not surprise me if they kind of lean on Martin ahead of Griffin early in the season, but Griffin is the more talented player with the higher upside. So I'd like to see him more often. He looked good in this game. Martin kind of struggled a little bit, had four points on nine shots, 0-3 from three in this one. Defensively had a couple nice moments, but still had a couple of rookie moments as well. Again, he's probably better than Griffin defensively, but that gap is not huge. Griffin is bigger than Martin is. Griffin's, uh, Martin's a little bit more um, sort of acumen-based with his age edge. Like Again, he's like five years older than Andrew Griffin at this point, but good to see those guys playing a lot. I kind of I kind of agree with the decision. As long as the training staff allows those guys to play a bunch of minutes, having them out there in the fourth quarter was totally fine with me. Play them as much as you want to. And they ended up playing the most minutes on the team, 27 for Martin and 25 for Griffin as a sort of a good glimpse for Hawks fans to dive in at that point in time. Um, to the starters in this one, uh, obviously a little bit quieter in terms of overall play. Uh, clearly, uh, Young had a huge first half. Um, Aaron Holiday had five points on six shots, had five rebounds, no assists. Um, he wasn't quite as good as he was on Thursday. And I try to stress on Thursday, like, this is not going to be a guy who makes his first six shots every night like he did on Thursday. Holiday is more of a low-ceiling player on offense for sure, but he's a good game steward, a good active defender, um, does rebound, which is helpful, and I think he played just fine. Uh, and again, as I said, at the top of the show, if you had a situation where you didn't have Murray, you didn't have Bogey, he's going to play real minutes. Um, if, if either one of those guys are out, I think he still plays some minutes. Uh, if they're both in, we'll see. But Holiday is a really good insurance policy behind Trey and DeJounte. I thought Capella played pretty well. Six points, eight rebounds, three assists, and a steal in 21 minutes. Um, you know, kind of just rock solid, nothing spectacular, but looks just fine to me. Collins, same thing, six points in 19 minutes. Looks fine. Looks springy enough to me at this point. At this point in time, took it easy. Didn't play in the second half. Totally fine. Um, Hunter played very well, as I mentioned before. 21 points on 13 shots for DeAndre. Uh, if there was a concern, it's one rebound in 21 minutes. That's something that he did better than usual on Thursday, but I have said this for a while. He's been a poor rebounder in his career, especially last season, and the Hawks need some help there. So hopefully he gets better in that area, but I think he played very well on offense. He was decisive, making quick moves, quick decisions, looks smooth with a jump shot. The handle is not going to be otherworldly, but it does look a little bit better than it did last year as well. So I think there's a, a really good sign for him through two games. He's looked a lot more like the guy he was two years ago than the guy he was last year, and that'd be a very, very, very important development for the Hawks if it continues at this stage. And then Trey. Uh, I don't want to make too much of it. Again, preseason game, exhibition, all that stuff. He loves this, though. He loves the attention. He loves the uh, the crowd being behind him. Uh, it's sort of in a high-profile spot. It was the only NBA game that happened on Saturday was this game in Abu, in Abu Dhabi. 31 points, six assists. He had a steal and a block, by the way, as well. That's good to see from Trey. Uh, defensively, they were definitely attacking him, but who cares at this point for the most part. Um, 15, shot, 15 shot attempts, made 11, seven threes in the first half. He's remarkable. And uh, what else do you say about that? It was a lot of fun to watch him kind of go off at the end of the first half. Um, that's it for today in terms of like overall takeaways. Again, like these are two games. They won both of them. That's better than losing, but who cares for the most part on that. But the Hawks did have some really positive, encouraging takeaways. You know, you would like to see Murray play today, but he played on Thursday and looked just fine to me. Um, we'll see what Jalen Johnson looks like next week when he's back in the lineup. Bogey, no further update at this point. That's the guy to circle uh, for me anyway. They, they definitely need Bogey to be healthy and around for his shooting. So uh, hopefully we'll get an update on him at some point in the next couple of days. But the Hawks now open the season in about 10 or 11 days and a game that actually matters. By the way, from here, as a scheduling note, the Hawks are traveling now. They don't play a game until Wednesday in Cleveland. We'll have some new podcasts between now and then, but things get back to sort of normal with the team practicing when, when they return, and then we're off and running. Also, the preseason finale is Friday, so there's a, it's a two-game week. They go to Cleveland, then they go to Birmingham. I know that's a little bit strange. They go to Birmingham on Friday to play the Pelicans in a pseudo-home game for the Hawks, 
and then the season's officially here. I'll be in Birmingham. I will not be in Cleveland for obvious reasons, but uh, we'll have full coverage as we get going here. We'll have some guests planned in the near future. And again, the Hawks play a game that matters in about a week and a half. So stay tuned. Please tell a friend about the podcast. If you're enjoying the show at this stage on this uh, extra Saturday edition of the podcast, please share it with a basketball friend that you might have uh, across the board, Hawks fan or otherwise. That's a great way to spread the word about the podcast. Also subscribe and download via multiple platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and then YouTube on the video side. Please follow us on Twitter as well, at Lots on Hawks. Follow me on Twitter, at BT Roland. That will do it for today and this week. We'll be back again, though, in just a couple of days. Stay tuned, and we'll see you next time.